0: Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Pylon, an NFC North podcast. Week six of the NFL season has just wrapped up as we record this late on Monday night. And the NFC North had an up and down weekend, uh, to say the least. But I'm Big Z representing the Detroit Lions. And let's go around the horn for the rest of the crew. We got Remy representing the Vikings.
1: 21 other teams passed on Justin Jefferson.
0: Then we got Kinger representing the Pack. NFC
2: North parlay I put in right before game time this week, boys, did not work out. But, uh, go pack.
0: Happy to be back with you. And then last but not least, we got Barney with the Bears.
3: Sole possession of the NFC North.
0: Bear down! <laughs> oh, boy. And actually, uh, Kinger, it's funny that you mentioned the, the parlay, because I also... Well, I, I took each spread of the NFC North, so I I broke even at least, <laughs> but um, let let's get into these games uh for week six here, and I, I'm just going down my list here. In the first one that appears, uh, L- Remy, let's just get out of the way. Let's rip the band-aid right off. Uh, your you, the Vikings look competitive against Seattle. They blow a, a a big lead. Uh, they just get their ass kicked by Atlanta, forty to twenty-three. Kirk Cousins throws three interceptions in the first half. Minnesota goes for it on fourth and short again. Near in the red zone and don't get it again. Uh, so just go over what you thought. Let's go over how about your feelings in the first half? What were your feelings in the first half? Kirk, how's no, it was, you go? The first <laughs> half, the
1: first half, yeah, I mean, I've seen it before. Uh, the Denver Broncos game last year where we actually trailed, I think it was 24 0 and came back and won. So I, you know, was still hoping for, and p- Kirk, Kirk played well second half. You know, he th- still threw for three touchdowns. 343 yards, but I mean, let's uh let's create a time machine here because, and let's advance it about 18 hours. Um, there's going to be some changes, I think, within whether it's coaches or players. Zimmer will have his presser at two, and this is, it's odd because we, we're going into a bye week, so if the time to make a change, it's now, and I honestly don't think Zimmer will have a job come tomorrow i think uh i i I don't think he should honestly i you you're inches from winning against seattle you are you you bounce back at home they're tied they have five straight home losses that's tied for a franchise worst you 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 come in against the 0 5 Falcon team and you just lay a dud a complete dud. you have three cornerbacks out there who play the entire game Kirk Cousins first play of the game throws a pick six Kirk it's e- it's either Mike Zimmer or it's Kirk Cousins and you can't you can't just bench Cuny- Cousins for Mannion and w- we drafted what Nate Stanley in the 7th round you have to go make a serious pick I I I I don't know what you do but it's not Kirk Cousins and unfortunately I've been Defending Zimmer up until this very second. Uh, it, it infuriates me, and I think the veterans are fed up too. Uh, Kyle Rudolph could possibly be on the move too. I don't think he was targeted a single time last game, and he's got a pretty hefty contract. It, you you take it game by game, but there's no, you're not benefiting anything from going out there every Sunday and 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 just this piss poor for performance 40 points are you kidding me somebody's not gonna have a job tomorrow I don't know if it's a player or a coach I don't I don't know what uh, Justin Jefferson and Dalvin Cook and maybe like four guys on defense
0: and you can just go take that whole team away uh King or Barney I'll, I'll throw it to one of you go ahead and uh just take that uh do, do you think Mike Zimmer deserves to be fired as Vikings coach uh we'll start with you Barney
3: I I don't think you can solely put it on Zimmer, but I understand the frustration. Um, I mean, (laughs) that's a young team uh, that was a horseshit game. That was a horseshit game by Kirk Cousins, uh, you know, throwing three picks early on versus possibly the worst defense in the last 5 fucking years. <laughs> I mean just just an absolute piss poor performance. Um hard to put that one on the coach however, you know, he's definitely not without blame. He's definitely without blame.
0: Um so just uh, going through his record here. So first year with the Vikings 7 and 9, then 11 and 5, 8 and 8, that 13 3 season, 8 7 and 1 didn't make the playoffs that year. Last year 10 and 6, won a playoff game. On the road against it's the It's every
1: other year. It is every other year. Look at it. It's every it's I I've been saying since the podcast, history says we missed the playoffs this year. And I the playoffs, even with the expansion, there there's where where you can't there's no way. I mean, unless a, a Minneapolis miracle happens, and Cam Dantzler turns into a, the greatest shutdown corner ever. These guys just—they don't have reps. They don't have anyone. Why? They don't have anyone mentoring on. They don't have a real leader on that team that wants to. That wants it, and it's crazy to think that. Like, you hear the remarks from Justin Jefferson that right? he's never been on a losing team, and and he's putting up these numbers. So it's, he's kind of taking shots, like, "Hey, I'm doing my part. Like, guys need to step up and." Kirk Cousins has a leader as a quarterback. He's just not that, not that, at least not in Minnesota. Um, I, I I think we also lost lost our step when, look at our defense. Look at our defense from last year and compare it to this year, guys. We lost we lost Everson Griffin. We don't have Michael Pierce, no Daniil Hunter, no Anthony Barr, no Xavier Rhodes, no Mackenzie Alexander, no Trey Waynes, no Anderson Deo. Those are, what, eight starters? Eight starters. We have completely new defense, so I can I I, I pity them there. But all those, no Lindval Joseph. I don't think I said him, but that's I mean our starting defense is all gone, and due to financial reasons, and then so is that
0: management or is that the coach's fault? Uh, sounds like a management. I thing, think what you're laying out. I
1: I think right there is a management move, um, and we did just we extended Spielman. Uh in the offseason, we extended cousins. We extended cousins, Spielman, and then Zimmer. So our three biggest investments, it seems like, I mean, in my opinion, Vikings fans, you can read me if I'm wrong, are not looking like our greatest investments. Now we did obviously extend Delvin, the chef, the GOAT, Cook, and we obviously hit on the greatest wide receiver in this draft. Jets, baby hitting the gritty every touchdown you love to see it so i mean there's some positives to take away you know there's there's guys stepping up and i i i just don't think i don't think i
0: i i I think there's i think there's a roster change tomorrow Ginger, is it fair to uh you know pin it on mike zimmer here i
2: think you have to put some of the responsibility and just Ultimately, I mean, what looks like just some basic lack of energy and effort at times from the Vikings this year, specifically on offense, right? So some of that you can put on Zimmer's shoulder, but I mean, management, when you hear Remy list out right there, all those players that have left the Vikings over the last two or three seasons, uh, last one season, one season, yeah, one season. Okay. Last year. Well, you know, when he, when he really lists them out like that, you realize that that was a very, very core in key piece, part of that Minnesota defense, right? And although maybe none of those guys are straight superstars, I mean, Anthony Barr is, Daniel Hunter, those are injuries, but they're still on the Vikings roster, just hurt this year. Um, you know. But all those other guys are very good role players that may have been a key part of that Vikings defense that's made them so good over the last few years. You take them away, they're investing in the offense, you have a bunch of young, unproven talent on defense, and I guess maybe I didn't really evaluate the Vikings well enough because I, I, now that I'm actually looking at this, I'm not overly surprised they're struggling because they don't have any playmakers on defense right now. Their safeties are their best players. And I don't even think their safeties have been playing up to par, at least from what I've seen. So um, they're in a tough spot. They, they completely blew it against, like I said, a beaten down Atlanta team, but uh, Atlanta came to play and, you know, off Dan Quinn's firing, that offense did pick apart, uh that you know the Vikings defense and look look like they were
1: going to play up to their potential and to your point exactly they came off of a a team that just got their coach fired who doesn't know how to freaking grab an onside kick for that matter this is just I mean I wouldn't put all the blame on Zimmer I I would actually put more of it on Cousins you just got to play better um I put a little bit on Gary Kubiak too. I I like those screens. Uh, they they ran him a little bit. It seemed like Atlanta was catching on. Um, but I mean, Kirk, just he's got to he's got to play better. If his first progression isn't there, he kind of he gets he gets too concerned and he makes bad choices. He those two other pit he threw three picks. Two of them he just stared down Jefferson. Um, so I know they yeah, were to they-
0: Jefferson. So. And maybe it's just because of those three picks, they had a lack of total plays overall. But Madison yeah. only had 10, car- 10 carries in this game, ten ten rush attempts. Exactly. I wasn't expecting. I was expecting like him to have twenty twenty five.
1: What Dalvin 10, would have, and he's good enough too. He is. He is a stronger. I think he's a stronger Dalvin Cook. Maybe not. Maybe not like weight, but like running wise, he's obviously bigger. Um, yeah. So I, th- I think he can be at a three down back, but I mean. Going into the bye week, you got to figure it out. Unless we, uh, quote unquote, run the table. I mean, I don't. I, I see us maybe with a top five pick. We're not good Barney. enough to. We're not good enough to be bad, like Barney bad bad.
3: Yeah, uh, you know not to not to harp on you over here, Remy. But I mean, you're exactly what what I thought you were going to be this year. Um, you had, I mean, the last couple of years, you were a phenomenal defense. Right. I th- I thought the Bears and the Vikings were kind of similar in ways. We didn't really do enough on offense, but we had great defenses to rely on. But just like you said, you got those seven or eight starters that are off your team now. You got these young secondaries. You got an uh, a a great rushing attack with Delvin Cook, but an awful offensive line, so it's so volatile on the offensive side itself. Um, you know, I I think this I don't know. I think it's more management. I don't think Zimmer's the guy that that should take the blame, although he's not without it. But uh, I mean, you're you're just you just you're a bad team this year, man. You're a bad <laughs> team.
1: <laughs> I just want to wave the
0: white flag if I have one. Just so I I Are you on the tank for Trevor Lawrence train? Although there's no chance in hell you're catching the Jets. Uh, exactly. I mean. <laughs> I don't even Justin know Fields, what tra- uh Trey Lance out of North Trey Coast
1: Trey State. Lance at of NDSU yeah uh he looks good. Go. At, at at this point I I'm just shrugging my shoulders every week.
0: No, I no. think you need linemen, man. Yeah, well all right Remy. Uh, I'm sure we'll I have would have like more to discussion. what if
1: what if this is this is a Viking what if? What if the what if what if Minnesota goes and makes a trade for like, you know, like a a a Hurts or something? Of the sort, you know, who's who, or a Jameis Winston or a Marcus Mariota?
0: You want Jameis Winston? Do you, yeah, bring him in. Come on, bring him into the NFC North. I mean,
3: <laughs> hey, Bernie, he's interceptions. Still
0: gonna... at least you know, you'll get some touchdowns with it, right? He, he's
1: uh, can, is he can any worse than Kirk?
0: <laughs> not, at, not this, not this past weekend, no. <laughs> um but i'm sure we'll have more on the vikings and uh, what's going on there uh ESPN oh, we Bill will Barnwell we run. will he, d- he didn't think mike zimmer deserved to be fired just to let you know i was that was a little That's that a was, was a little harsh
1: point. me i'm sorry mike zimmer if you ever listen to this <laughs> podcast which i know you never will um no but do expect i i do expect some roster changes within the next 12 to 18 hours and if there are no roster changes then well screw you remy you were wrong
0: <laughs> they do have those 14 draft picks this year that they made Exact, exactly, so. exactly. <laughs> um all right L- let's move on to the next uh game on my list here and that of course is my detroit lions with another big victory on the road matt stafford has never lost in the state of florida he's six and oh now he- <laughs> and with his t- with his touchdown pass against jacksonville he is now thrown a touchdown pass against every team in the NFL except for the Detroit Lions. So congrats to Matt Stafford on that accomplishment as well. They told him about they told him about after the game. He's like, Oh, that's cool. They can put that on my gravestone, I guess, or something. He didn't really care, but uh Um but he actually did not even play that good of a game, to be honest with you. Nineteen of thirty one, two hundred twenty three yards, one touchdown, one interception. Um, definitely not his top game by any means, at an eighty point four quarterback rating. But this is a case of finally Matt Stafford didn't have to play like a Hall of Fame quarterback, and they were still able to win the game easily because this is easily the best all-around Lions performance we've, I've seen and any Lions fantasy, has seen besides maybe the Sunday night game against the Patriots two years ago underneath Matt Patricia. Just in complete dominance, they the Lions held the run to like 2.9 yards a carry. That's something that we haven't seen Um, This is the most points the Lions have ever scored under Matt Patricia, 34 points, a 34-16 win if I didn't mention it. And finally, they gave more opportunities to DeAndre Swift in this game. So I don't know how many people have him in uh, fantasy or how much he's available, but go pick him up because this guy's going to get a lot more carries going forward. 14 carries, 116 yards, and two touchdowns. He was three to one odds to score a touchdown in this game, by the way. I won on that one really easily right away in the first quarter. It's really nice to have Kenny Galladay back in this lineup, too. He continues to prove that he deserves to be paid um, as he heads into a contract here. A lot of speculation that he'll be franchised next year because uh, the Lions don't seem to want to give him that big contract. Um, but, I mean, I'm will go to going to go to Barney on this one. Do you think it's worth paying a guy like Kenny Galladay? You kind of have that same situation with um, Allen Robinson. Uh, Kinger, you kind of have it with... Um, uh, Devontae Adams, is it worth having that number one wide receiver? Is it worth paying him as a top five guy? Because that's what he he's gonna want to be paid. He's probably gonna be want to be paid nineteen, twenty million kind of Hopkins money. Galladay has performed as it. Galladay has a hundred less yards than Calvin Johnson did up to this point in his career. Um I just I I I don't want to go around and get people's opinion if they think Kenny Galladay is worth the money based on what you've seen with him in a Detroit Lions uniform. I'll start with you, uh, Kinger. Uh what do you think? I
2: mean, I don't know that Galladay is worth elite money. I think he's a very, very good wide receiver. Uh, top five, top eight money in the league. I don't know about that. Uh, we got Devontae Adams when we signed him a couple of years ago. We got him still when the wide receiver market was a little bit um, below what it was now. So we got him uh, you know, a little bit less than what the average uh, wide receiver is going for at the moment. Um, but the Packers were also in a unique situation where Devontae's our guy. That's all we have there, right? So... Um, I mean the lions probably a little bit better deeper receiving core there Galladay, we'll see he's a big part of that offense is he what do they need to keep him right now probably, but we'll see if he's really do if they need to pay him are the lions really in in a position uh where they're going to compete or is he going to be a part of the plan long term
0: yeah, barney.
3: Uh, you know, Kenny's got to finish this year off strong, right? Uh, you said up to this point he's he's doing, uh, you know, respectable numbers as compared to Calvin Johnson. And, and that's something to uh, to tip your cap to. But uh, I've been saying for a while, Kenny Galladay is going to be a bear next year. I'm sorry. <laughs> he's not signing with you guys. But um in terms of paying him yeah i mean this is this comes down to the business side of of football right you got to you got to as a detroit organization do your best to try to not give him that top 5 money i think he's probably right around you can make a case for you know 7th best to 12th best wide receiver in the league he's right in that area I think everyone that's kind of right in that area is you know you can interchange it wherever your uh you know your allegiance lies but I mean he's a stud he's worth definitely a, a contract that's significant uh but you know you gotta that's the x's and o's on the business side that Detroit Lions got to do to make sure that they don't um you know overpay for him but he's definitely a staple of that offense and that helps out somebody like Stafford because going forward when Stafford's gonna be done, uh, you know, it's do you want a crazy contract with yeah. who whoever the hell the next quarterback's gonna be?
0: Yeah. I mean I mean, after Stafford's probably gonna be a rookie quarterback on the cheap. That's why I also like the idea of um but you know, Stafford has two more years left in his contract before it becomes tradable, so they might extend him and that'll be costly again. It's uh it's an interesting game to play. That's why I think they, the Lions are kind of stuck, and that's why they're going to franchise him most likely. They get him for that extra year uh, because I'm telling you, watching this offense with and without him in the game, it's uh, it's it's a pretty big difference. Uh, and Matt Stafford still does a good job with the receivers that he had, like Marvin Jones and Amendola and such. But with Gallaudet, in, it's just a, a a guy that like on an offside. For instance, there's an offside in this game. Matt Stafford. Immediately knows who he's throwing it up to in that moment. He's he's lobbing it up to Kenny Galladay. In this case, it was for a forty-yard pass successfully. Um, that's the that that guy that type of guy changes the game, and it's uh, rare to find a guy like that uh, for every team in the NFL. Um, something else. I had a few other notes on this game. The Lions used all eight offensive linemen <laughs> um, that they had on their ro- active roster for the game. That's because uh, they. First of all they had some jumbo packages but then they also had two guys leave because of dehydration which is troubling uh you you, you know you're going to play a game in Florida you should probably make sure you're hydrated <laughs>
1: Guess um, those Miami I mean, strip clubs, game, man. you should be hydrated.
0: <laughs> I know, but it, like, it's not a mystery. They're going to play in eighty-five degrees. Like, it. it you know, it's maybe like, you know, it's not like they woke mean, up in Minnesota, like a, hot, a random hot day in Minnesota in February or something.
1: You know, maybe, maybe in twenty in twelve to eighteen hours, it won't be a Viking employee fired. It'll be the uh, the equipment manager,
3: <laughs> the hydration manager, yeah, the water boy. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I also
0: want to give credit to Matt Patricia for finally, finally changing up his play calling. Um, he, he's relied on the man-to-man defense more than anybody else the last three years in the NFL over 70% of the time on average. And in this game, he only played man 33% of the time, uh, at least according to ESPN. And it worked out heavily in his favor. The Lions got a lot of the most pressure they've gotten in a long time on the quarterback. Now, I say all this, this is against the Jaguars. So... Um, You know, th- while this is the best game under Patricia we've seen in a long time, there's there's hesitation because it's against prob- probably bottom three team in the league. But they did what they needed to do, and that was encouraging. Um, Because the Jags did beat the Colts earlier in the year. Uh, they've been competitive with a couple other teams, but they did what they needed to do, and now they're going to move on to Atlanta next week. Where um, hopefully they don't pull a Minnesota Vikings on defense, <laughs> Remy. <laughs> um, th- th- so, yeah, Remy. So what are – I mean, it,
1: it, do you know, like, what the message going around that locker room is with Patricia now? Like, are 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 they bought in with him? I know there's been that rumor yeah, reputation I'm, that he doesn't get along with play- – I mean, that he's, quote, unquote, a dickhead.
0: I mean, how's – how All those quotes that you're referring to – have been from people that were there like Darius Slay, Quandre Diggs. Form of um, gotcha, yeah. Other that have moved players on. that were Yeah, there were players that were there before Patricia and Bob Quinn both got there. They were part of the Jim Caldwell era. And Jim Caldwell is a very nice is a very friendly uh players coach. But uh Matt Patricia obviously from the Bill Belichick, you know, the 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 navy school of football where like you know they're hard-nosed and don't give a lot of uh encouragement i guess a lot of criticism a lot of criticism you can bench anybody anytime that type of thing um a lot of conditioning and practice things of that nature um so a in this past year the locker room definitely seems closer than it's ever been in terms of being behind patricia not criticizing him behind closed doors or anything like that um But yeah, so I I definitely feel like they're more cohesive than they've ever been, especially because they have like half the roster is ex Patriots now. So especially on defense.
1: I have something totally side note, Kinger. Uh, who do you guys got next week, real quick?
2: Next week. Who do we have next week? The Texans.
1: Texans, all right. You guys will beat the Texans. We're coming off the bye. What happens if Minnesota upsets uh, Green Bay? <laughs> we're a long, we're a long, we're a long way from that. There, <laughs> sorry, I mean, sorry to get <laughs> off track, Big though. Z. Yeah, any given yeah. Sunday. <laughs> you made me think that. Yeah.
0: Okay, so I had to throw <laughs> that
1: in there. I didn't include that in my segment.
0: <laughs> uh, there's just a couple of players I want to know before moving on. So Trey Flowers stepped up, strip sack fumble this week. That was nice to see. Um, Duron Harmon with a nice pick. Jimmy Collins could. Continues to play at top-notch level, and then John Pannacini, our rookie defensive tackle, um, one of the highest graded defensive tackles against the run this week. A sixth-round tackle out of Utah, just a big tank. He doesn't move. He doesn't really get pressure on the quarterback, but he also doesn't move backwards off the line of scrimmage on any. How did to do? He's like three forty. He doesn't. He's just a big boy that plugs the hole, and it's it's nice to see that, especially with him and Sheldon. It's freeing up our D a little more. And Will Harris has finally gotten out of the rotation for the Lions at safety. He was a starting safety at the beginning of the season, and now he just played one snap last week. So how did that do? do? Akuda, uh, uh, well, he's coming along. He gave up another big reception down the sideline. It's been a problem for him still, but it, it, this is actually his best graded game of the year. Uh, but that's it, that not rookie that rookie Jaguars. corner
1: position, man. I'm telling you, it's like you come in expecting them to be studs, and it's like. They got a learning curve.
0: Oh yeah, it, undoubtedly. Undu- it's very rare uh, to see a cornerback succeed so highly in his first year. Although I'd, I'd agree, Jalen Johnson's doing a pretty good job. But yeah. it really. But but I say this because the Bears have one of the best D lines in the NFL, and that is extremely extremely. And a nice supporting uh, secondary cast. Also. When do you only have the? When you only have the cover guy for two and a half seconds, rather than like a Kuda who is a cover guy constantly for four or five seconds every down, uh, that's gonna completely change uh, what, uh, the experience. Let, let's not ride. let's
1: not let's not make the uh, sole possession head a little bigger than what it is already <laughs> right now. I know there's smiles yeah. all in the windy city of Chicago.
0: Well, we might as well move on to it now. So the, again, the Lions uh, 34 and 16 moved to two and three. Definitely by they're one game out of the playoffs right now so because of that extra um that seventh seed that the, the seven teams they get in now so it's a, still a long season to go and I love the Lions schedule coming up they have Atlanta um they have the Colts and they have the Redskins they have the Vikings uh so a lot of very favorable matchups for them down the line and Remy before we get to the Bears there's one more thing I forgot to mention and that it just could always be worse you could always be a Jets fan that's what I wanted to add to you <laughs> So you're the Jets you're, might you're not a Jets two, two wins you never know. and at least you're at least your team's not blaming the offense. like your defensive coordinator's not blaming the offense for not scoring enough points like the Jets defensive coordinator Craig. Williams. Not
1: yet anyway. <laughs> 18
0: hours. Just give it time. <laughs> yeah. All right, Barney. Let's move on to you. Um, the Bears. Ugly, but another win. Uh, I'm gonna. Uh, this is what I heard from a lot of people. Okay, it's not just me. Although it is me as well. <laughs> um, but are the bears the uh worst five at one team in nfl history i i, I had to ask you yeah. uh,
3: um, no i mean come on <laughs> i'll i'll tell you what um 23 to six team was the final score i yeah. want to ask you did, did anybody just just shake your head did anybody watch this game at all yeah in its entirety I had it on yeah i did. Okay. The game should have been 37 to six. It was fucking bullshit. All right. Now, I got three notes down here and I'll get to them in a minute, but they're phantom flags, Chicago politics, and Nagy and his offensive scheme. All right. But before I start getting upset about what's there to be our upset five about? And ones, what is there to be about? Upset our five about? and ones. Hey, somebody cut that kid's mic. All right. <laughs> um, Cole Komet, we talked about it last week. When is he going to do something? Boy, oh boy, what a time to bring that up, huh? (laughs) He comes out, he comes out out there and he gets his first tutty. Couldn't be happier for the kid. He's a Chicago born uh, St. Viator boy. Uh, But, you know, he's usually putting packages out there to just block because of our incompetence on the O line. Uh, which is a shame. You never really want to use your first draft pick of the year to just be somebody who's just going to go in there situationally to block. But, hey, that's the state of the offense for our team. Um, Really happy for him. Glad he can grab that first touchdown, uh, first of many. Um, But, you know, from a defensive side of the game, it was an absolute ass-beating from the Bears on Teddy Two Gloves. Um, You know, they had – they had 16 first downs, seven of them were from penalties. All right, uh, and, and let me tell you, these phantom flags—these were. I mean, Eddie Jackson had a pick six, but it was called back because of a uh, a a roughing or, or I'm sorry, a, a personal foul, blow to the head by Kyle Fuller. But oh, when they slow it down, it was a perfect. Shoulder to shoulder play, perfect shot, but hey, here we go. Six points off the board. Doesn't fucking matter. It's the second time this year on Eddie Jackson alone. However, this one slowed down. Uh that's that's a touchdown off the board, but regardless, we'll 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 zoom past that one.
0: Um Wait, Bar- you know, Barney, li- Barney, really quick. I I've, I've been asking the NFL asking this question for years, is why doesn't the NFL like have just and the the XFL did it really well actually. A, a sky judge that's watching the replay and can tell down like phone down to the field like, hey, that's not a penalty. Something like that. They did it really well in the XFL. I have no idea why the NFL doesn't do something like that. Something obvious uh, I, like that.
3: I don't know. And 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 I mean you gotta adapt, right? I mean, this game is a offensive league, right? Like this is an offensive league. Look at the best teams. They're usually teams that have great offenses. Uh, you know, now more than ever, defenses are getting called for offensive holdings, penalties, like whatever, or, or, or uh uh pass interferences more than they ever have, right? So I, I get it, you have to adapt and survive. Uh The Bears are never going to, like, I mean, just right now, they're never going to be that offensive team, so it sucks. But you got these plays here where it should have been a pick six, Um, but uh, you know it's called back. I mean it's a picture perfect shoulder to shoulder play. Great play. You can't fundamentally teach it better. However, you know they they throw a flag and the pick six is taken. Uh you know they go on to score from that, right? So you're taking points off the board, you're giving them that. Um you know then late in the game on fourth on, on uh, in the fourth quarter, they throw up a heave uh, in the end zone for like 45 50 yards. And uh, Jalen Johnson, just perfect coverage. Uh, and they call an in, uh, pass interference in the end zone, giving the ball on the two yard line to the Panthers. And, and you got Jonathan Vilma, who I think is a dog shit analyst. And and and, and he's sitting there, and he's saying, Kenny, you know, Kenny Albert. What the hell are you looking at? You know, that is picture perfect coverage here. There's not a bump. There's nothing. But they call pass interference in the end zone for no reason. Uh, I, I mean, it's I don't know what it is. And, and I want to be bitching so much, but I always feel like because we have no offensive game that – You know, our strengths our defense, and when our defense gets hosed on these stupid ass calls, our offense can't make up for that shit. But thank God we were facing the fucking Panthers, (laughs) and uh, we were able to, you know, make sure that even though we were kicking their fucking ass all day, that you know, even with the refs' help, we were still able to keep it out of out of range. But um, you know, I want to I want to get past the refs. A lot of anger for
1: five and one.
3: Yeah, dude, cuz I I I I'm not going to I'm not going to just give people breaks here. Uh and I and I'll get back on my guys over here in a minute, but um uh, from a defensive performance, like I said, it was it was a job well done. You got Bilal Nichols probably having one of his best games, blowing up the middle. Um you know, just settling in, taking Eddie Jackson's spot. Uh, you got Mac and you got Quinn who just relentlessly got after the quarterback. Uh, on the last play of the game. I know, I know everyone's always dogging saying something like Quinn, he's not worth the money, but Quinn, I mean, if you look at the stats, Quinn has the, the fewest separation from the quarterback per snap on every single play in the NFL. Uh, you know, he doesn't have those sacks, but he has plays like the last one where DeAndre Houston Carson got the interception uh, to seal the game. And it's because Quinn blew up that tackle and didn't get a sack, but you know, he hurt him and you know, that affected the throw. Um, you know, that was fantastic. You got Roquan Smith playing all over the field. One of his best games as a Bear. Um, you know, it was it was it was a really fun game defensively to watch. Uh, you know, there were there, I, I will say like it's not like every flag was bad. You got stupid ass call or uh plays like fourth and one we had twice. We had uh, uh Akeem Hicks uh you know neutral zone infraction like inside the five-yard line. Uh you had uh, fourth and one. 12 guys on the field. I mean, it, it, it's not like it was all, like, the rest. I'm just, you know, I'm tired of that bullshit, like, great play, all of a sudden just letting a flag leak out of your pocket, bullshit. But um, <laughs> anyway, yeah, two things I really want to get on with the Bears is, you know, this Chicago politics, you know, I, usually it's not a football term, right, uh, This this area, but... But Ryan Pace, I mean, he must have some dirt on these coaching staff. Like, I mean, the fact that Leno is still out there, man, (laughs) he he is. I'm not kidding you, man. He's going to get Foles injured. Well, maybe Leno has dirt
0: on the coaches, you mean. That? <laughs> yeah,
3: that, that, that might be true. No, but I, I think it's all because of these are all guys that pace plays. Mm. Uh, you got, you got Leno out there and you got um Anthony Miller out there. Anthony Miller, I was wrong on him. I'll be the first one to say it. I thought he was going to be good when he was in Memphis. He's Me a dog, but I'll tell you what, that guy is dumber than a box of rocks. Um, You know, he's a gamer. I get it, but man, he just doesn't, he just doesn't understand scheme. He he he's a moron, um, but but Leno, I mean, he, he he just ushers defensive linemen to our quarterback and and Foles, I mean, he was wearing a white shirt by the end of the game. It looked like it was green. You know, it, it's stupid how we can we can bench somebody like Trubisky and we can't bench a shitty left tackle. I swear, if you just walked outside, you know, uh, on Lakeshore Drive, right outside Lake. Uh, Soldier Field, you'd find anyone on the street that can provide just as much talent as Charles Leno. Uh, but I, I'm done with that. The real, the real, the real person that pisses me off on this game, and it's good to be pissed off on a win. All right, so I am happy about that. But but Jesus Christ is naggy in over his head, man. I mean, he's we got to get an offensive coordinator in. That can call plays themselves and and just make Nagy shut the fuck up. Um, he's so predictable, you know. You, I think personally, because of our awful offensive line, that we should have tight ends helping out and chipping in. When we run two tight ends, eighty five percent of the plays are running plays. We'll run. We'll get nine yards of play on first down, and then we'll take those guys out and go trips. And it's like, dude. Like, like, you tell everybody when you're running the ball and when you're passing the ball. You're so easy to defend because half the time that ball that's being passed is going to Allen Robinson anyway. So, <laughs> yeah. really, all you got to fucking tell is, hey, is, are they running it? Oh, it's going to the running back. Oh, are they passing it? It's going to Allen Robinson. Um, I don't know. You know, you listen to his press conference after the game and he's saying, oh, you know, once we get clicking – uh we're we're gonna be exciting it's like dude it's week six you're in your you know, what third year what the fuck is this gonna click hmm. what what are you talking about when this gets clicking what do you, you can't, think we had we had fucking 63 yards on 25 carries what do you mean when this is gonna get clicking do something you are the fucking root of the problem
0: what what did you think of uh, Nick Foles in this game? Uh he, he that was a terrible pass on the interception right after the that nice fumble uh forced. I I I was just like flabbergasted he even tried throwing that ball. And he's had a few of those in some of these games where he just it's a terrible pass, but there's like almost too many defenders there and they all fight over an interception. He's gotten away with a lot of bad throws, I think. More more so than the stat show.
3: Yeah, and uh, th- this wasn't Nick Foles' best game, that's for sure. Um, you know, he he was able to do enough to win the game. Um, the defense, you know, won the game, but on that play specifically, not a bad, uh, not a bad choice. He he said it in the press game afterward. Uh, but if you look at that play as well, Leno's protection. I mean, he just goes. He just lets the guy right on in. He threw the ball before he even wanted to. Uh, I, I mean, it's just here's the thing about our offense we need to do with our off, awful offensive line where we can't do anything. We need to show throw short passes, but like cross the line of scrimmage. We need to do slants. We need to do hitches. We need to do timing routes. We don't do those things. And 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 we we sit here scratching our head like, oh, why can't we move the ball on offense? It's because we have a dumbass scheme. But um, you know, not Nick Foles best game, but he did enough to win. And, uh, you know, I, I like him as a competitor in the press game. He called everybody out. He said, we're not in the the uh, the locker room right now hooting and hollering saying we're five and one. We know we didn't play a good game offensively. We know we got to be better. There's tons of areas we need to improve and we need to in case we want to be a good team.
0: All right. So I think that's a good place to end a discussion about the 5 and 1 Chicago Bears second place in the NFC overall as well, Bernie. And more importantly for you 5 and 0 in the NFC, against the NFC, which is important for tiebreakers later on if it ever came to that. But definitely a good start for the Bears uh 6 games into the season. But let's move on to, to the last game that occurred on Sunday. It was a high uh you know, the game of the week uh and Kinger. What the hell happened to the Packers, especially the offense? Even the Bears offense scored double the amount of points against this Tampa Bay defense than the Packers offense. What's the deal?
2: What a weird game, boys. I mean, just a weird game. I mean, the first quarter, if you want to script it up from Green Bay, I mean, I don't think you could script it any better um, than how it went. Up 10-0. Uh, I think it was 23 plays to three plays at the end of the first quarter. Green Bay controlled the tempo the whole time, uh, you know, drove down the field, continued the only team in the NFL to score on the first possession of every game this year, kick a field goal, um, you know, immediately forced the Bucks three and out, drive down again, um, score a touchdown. They're up 10-0. Everybody's feeling good. Um, you know, first time Green Bay gets the ball to start the second corner, quarter, Rodgers throws that interception to, to Jamel Dean, the pick six. And the wheels just completely fell off for the Packers. Uh, it was kind of a wild thing to watch. I don't know if Rodgers was maybe a little bit rattled, but uh, next possession comes out, uh, you know, tries to hit Devontae on the third down on a little slant route that gets tipped and intercepted again. Uh, not really Rodgers' fault on that second one, but um, you know, from there, it, it, he just wasn't the same, uh, honestly, from that first interception. Um, the Packers completely fell apart. Offensive line was getting... Absolutely blown up with how good they looked the first few weeks of the season. Uh, you know, they looked like they were bottom half, bottom third of the league. Their performance this week, you know, absolutely getting um, destroyed a- across the board. I mean, and, and quite frankly, the defense didn't look any better. Uh, I don't know what happened to the Smiths this week. Nowhere to be found. Zadarius only one pressure this week. Uh, you know, when you give Tom Brady time, He's going to make plays. Tom played very well this week. He made some really good throws. Gronk played very well. The tight end historically has been a position that the Packers have struggled against. Uh, It was just really rough, uh, really tough to watch. I mean, you know, with how good they looked, Remy said last week it was going to be a throttling. I thought he was, you know, nuts when he said that, and that's exactly what happened. Uh, So, you know, Rodgers and Lafleur said after the postgame yesterday that the week of practice wasn't good for Green Bay. You know, that's you know, that's what they're they're rolling with for the reason why they didn't play well off a of bye again. We got smacked by the Chargers last year, get blown out by the Bucks off of bye this year. Average deficit of the under the floor, 19 points and two two buy games for him. You know, so it is what it is. It's it's tough to watch, but you just how we bounce back, how the Packers bounce back from there is really where we'll see how good of a team they really are. Remy,
0: you want to throw something in there? And
1: yeah, and. And to, I mean, every but every team's gonna have that game. Um, a couple of years ago, it was when the Bills were horrible, and Minnesota always it was guaranteed win, but we lost bad. I, everyone's gonna have that game, but what kind of what, what kind of scares me or has me wondering for Packer fans? I mean, that's just not a team you skip over. That's like you know we're talking playoff caliber team. A couple miscues away from being a very even better record than what they are now does is that does this concern you going up against a better tw- team or is it just is it is it just an off day off off day for a green bay
2: I'm not going to overreact one week because you said it yourself every team has is going to come out and throw out a dud, and the media of course today is already you know why i see articles out there today, why the Packers drafted Jordan Love, right? You know, Aaron Rodgers' regression. I hate the media. I hate the media in general. You get Packers sports media. I mean, even Packers fans on Twitter were driving me nuts because everybody's up. Oh, over. it's toxic. It's so toxic. No, uh, there, <laughs> there is no reason to panic over one week. But I will tell you, I am starting to become more and more concerned about the Packers' defense. Uh, and I'll tell you why. Because Patton's system is heavily reliant on creating pressure and forcing turnovers. The Packers were good at both of those last year, right? With the Smith brothers, uh, you know, the amount of sacks that they had, we turned the ball over last year and we were great on red zone defense. This year, just about all of those things are non-existent. We're not creating pressure. We're not forcing turnovers. Our red zone defense has been horrible. Those elements are what made the Packers defense, you know, good last year. And those seem to be missing. We're in some questionable formations. Again, I'm no football X's and O's experts by any mean, but I mean, I'm seeing formations yesterday, third and two for the Bucks, and we've got our corners lined up 10, 12 yards off 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 the their wide receivers. Doesn't make sense to me. I, I don't I don't understand it. There's just a couple questions there, and um, I'm starting to wonder. Uh, you know, is it is it the players or do we does Pat need to put them in better positions? I'm not overly concerned yet, but there's some signs to me that are starting. That's really where uh, I I'm, I'm want to see improvements because the offense just had a bad week. We'll get going. I'm not really not concerned. I hope Bakhtiari's
0: okay, but long term, that's not a concern of mine. Well, it's funny that you mentioned the turnovers, here, just because um, a lot of people coming into the year thought the Packers they were like a prime candidate for regression compared to how they played last year. And one of the factors that goes into that is always because turnovers are a skill for sure, but it's also, there's some luck involved, especially when it comes to fumbles and an interception, maybe a ball bounces somewhere. So when there's a team that has a high amount of turnovers, usually that doesn't carry over year to year. And um, the Packers are off to a great start, but maybe that's going to be a factor going down, you know, the remaining 13 games on a schedule. And that, that was a big reason why, though, the Packers were uh, a candidate for regression. They played a lot of close games within one score and one, which doesn't always carry over the next year. And then turnovers is another big factor.
2: I could understand that, but also I don't think they even began to take into account Rodgers in the second year of LaFleur's system. And I think up until this week, versus a very good defense, they've proven that that's been the case. But. Um, it it's it's been a concern, like you said. There's there's no turnovers. I I don't I I they need Green Bay needs to force turnovers. That's a staple of their defense, and it hasn't happened.
0: Barney
3: Kinger, I just want to ask. I know the at this point the game was already over when they took Rodgers out, right? Mm-hmm. But were you shocked that Love wasn't the one that was put in just to see you know like hey just get some experience. We're not looking for you to he do wasn't great. put we in. Just want yeah, you to go yeah. out there. No,
2: Love wasn't even active. They haven't even been activating him so far this season. So, oh my it was gosh, go- why it was not? It, he's the third string. It was going to be Tim Boyle from from the start. He's he's the backup quarterback.
1: But if you're drafting a first round quarterback, don't you want him in the I mean, they're in the quarterback room. Don't you want him on the sideline with the tablet going over the mistakes, I mean, he's on, that-
2: Yeah, he he's on the sideline. He's just not he's not suited up. He's not active. He's not suited up. Yeah, yeah, right. he's not active. So Okay. I mean,
3: do do you think the do you think the Packers are kind of having a little bit of buyer's remorse on it? Because I am seeing a lot of stuff saying that from Packer sites that boy is you know just from a practice perspective, and it's early, it's early in his career, but boy is he nowhere near what a decent quarterback should look like.
2: I don't know that I've heard that, but there's definitely no, (laughs) there's definitely been no, uh, you know, he needs work. He's he's young in the system, but. It doesn't matter. It does not matter. He is not going to be in this conversation. How, I don't think for a how couple about, more years.
1: How about Josh Jackson? You know, Josh Jackson coming out of Iowa. I I was so mad you guys got him. He's great. And then you know he comes in and he's getting limited. He started off hot and then he got limited. I guess you guys have depth, but that I think he gave up a huge gain. And I, I'm expecting Rambo, Josh Rambo, to get a little better. He, Josh played okay yesterday he did give up
2: a couple big plays uh that pass interference specifically but that's such a tough play for a corner when the ball's under thrown like that right. it's almost assuredly gonna be a PI every time but he didn't even turn his head on that one so there was there was no doubt no matter what uh but he made yeah. some plays Ken-
3: yeah
0: go ahead BZ. Kenny Kenny Clark graded out really poorly in this game I should mention uh, he's got maybe maybe just getting back in the game mode. Yes, yeah. uh, your middle your middle linebacker Chris Barnes was the worst rated middle linebacker in the NFL this uh, past week. Chris really was playing well up until this point. Did not perform this week.
2: And Kenny Clark, the he was originally supposed to get in there and play every other series. Um, and they were going to have him on every other third down as well because that groin is still bothering him. But Tyler Lancaster went down, so they didn't have a choice but to play him more. Uh, luckily, Montrevious Adams came in and actually had himself a productive afternoon, You know, blew up a couple of run plays. He was a, a, a bright spot on the defense. But, yeah, the plan was not for Kenny Clark to go. He's still battling that, which is –
0: yeah, I'm, it's concerning going forward. And I see Rashawn Gary only got 17 snaps in this game. Does he continue just not to – Get himself on the field. Nope. I, that, I, I did not like that draft pick when they made it, and it's uh, it looks like it's proving out a little bit. <laughs>
2: well, Rashawn's been very effective when he's been healthy this year, but he's been battling an ankle injury. <clears throat> he missed the game two weeks ago versus Atlanta before the bye. He still wasn't 100%. He was a game-time decision
0: today as well. All right. All right. This week and as well. There, there was one more thing I wanted to add to you. Um, so there, There's a guy named Chase Claypool right now. It's dominating uh, for the Steelers as a rookie. Does a guy like that that's taken after the first round or something like that, uh, do you wish the Packers drafted a wide receiver? <laughs> I d- no. there's this, I'd never, I'd still don't understand why they didn't. No, in this I, I just, with such a deep uh, wide receiver class.
2: I just don't understand up until this week why anybody would be questioning what Green Bay has done on offense. I just don't understand it. It's the number one offense in the league up until this week. You play an elite defense, a very good defense. And- the first one. An elite defense. Okay. That's, you know, whatever. You play a very good defense and you have an off week. But, I again, I don't – just because you have a dud week, I'm not – I don't think so. I, I believe in this
0: Packers team. I do. All right. I mean, three of their five uh, games, the Vikings defense has been bad, the Lions defense bad, uh, Saints defense. Okay. I, was Lattimore playing in that game? And then uh, the Falcons defense has been awful too. So I, I, this is like their first true like defensive test that we've seen for sure. Barney,
3: and I don't think we'll have too many times we'll be we'll We'll all three be able to just jump on Kinger over here. So <laughs> boys, don't don't hold back here, just because this is gonna be fun. I still see the pack going, you know, eleven and five or better or whatnot. Um, but you know, it's gotta scare you that you know I when there's a team that you guys should definitely beat. I think ten times out of ten times, Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers is gonna get it done, but. When you get down to that nitty gritty, the, the the top teams, whether that's in the playoffs or whatever, do you do you have faith in that defense to to beat one of those top you know teams in the Seahawks. NFC like a Russell Wilson or somebody? Like, do you think that defense can get it done, or do you think it's always going to rely on the fact that Aaron's got to score you know thirty points? It's probably
2: going to be the latter if you're realistic. If we're realistic, right?
3: Heading into this year, and
2: I still believe with Green Bay's playmakers, if they're fully healthy, that defense is a top 10 defense in the NFL. I don't think it's elite, but I think it's a top 10 or 12 defense in the NFL when it's fully healthy. I think that's good enough with an improved offense, Green Bay offense, to make a serious run this year. But we're not healthy right now, and quite frankly, they're not playing to the level that they were last year. So I can't stand on that still. I just don't know – What their potential is going to be because you know did they did they peak last year? We're
0: we're still that's still a lot to be determined here. Yep. All right. So I think uh, you know a lot to talk about after this week six. Uh, Bears and Vikings going opposite directions. Packers having their first bump in the road. The Lions an ascending team in the NFL. (laughs) Uh, Barney, you want to add one more thing before we wrap it up here?
3: Yeah, one last thing. Uh, you know, when we were going through our pre- preview, uh, preview of week fu- week one, you know, what our records were gonna be, mm-hmm. and you all three of you guys said that the Chicago Bears were gonna be the worst in the division. I'm just wondering. Still time. I'm just wondering. Do you guys think you're wrong?
0: Well, the Vikings look. Like I was the worst wrong. Team. I was wrong. I'm thinking
1: that been. what you said about. Kinger, how we're going to jump on him that we need to start jumping on you. <laughs>
3: <laughs> it's hard to jump when you're no, winning. Uh, yeah, I, mean, this is, I mean, this is I'll, this I'll, is I'll, t- I'll take up. the
1: L here. I'll hold the L when I'll take the I'll, L when it's deserved.
2: This I, is, I'll,
0: I'll, I'll, I'll still stick with the worst 5 1 team in the NFL I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs>
2: That's fine. I want Barney to enjoy the ride. I want the Bears fans to enjoy the ride because this is setting up for a great, great epic collapse by the Chicago Bears in when it matters most cuz the offense can't hang in there and it's going to be so much fun to watch again. So right now let's keep the Bears rolling. I'm winning money off the Bears, not in general. So, you know what? I'm I'm going to stand bored with them.
0: The Bears have hey, fun three games oh. here, Barney. Going to LA, the Saints and then going to the, uh, the Titans. So
3: Yeah, I hate guys, crack those windows open tonight. It's bear weather, all right? Just let it let it seek through those bones, baby.
0: <laughs> oh, boy. Well, we'll have a lot more to talk about in week seven and our next episode, but I think that's going to wrap it up here for our week six uh, wrap-up. Uh, but a lot to talk about and a lot more to look forward to as uh, we go forward here. But we want to thank everybody for listening. This has been the Pylon and NFC North Podcast. Please follow us on Instagram at Pylon please leave a review and subscribe to this podcast and please share it. Start listening. Um, we also break it down, you know, on descriptions too. So if you want to just hear about your team, go to that part of the episode and so on and so forth uh, within the episode. But Apple, Spotify, et cetera, wherever you get your podcasts, we're there. But thank you, everybody, for listening. Um, again, this is the Pylon NFC North Podcast, and we'll see you later this week for a week seven preview and best bets.